Chapter 3 of Life of St. Gerard Mayella. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Valeria. Life of St. Gerard Mayella by Reverend O. R. Vassal Phillips. His Trials and Vocation having been refused admittance into their order by the capuchins saint gerard determined to wait some clearer call from god and meanwhile to labour more assiduously than ever at work of his simplification with this end in view he engaged himself as servant to a gentleman whose temper was so notoriously ungovernable that no one could live a month in his employment. In the life of labour and humiliation which now opened out before his path, Gerard's heart rejoiced for thus could he imitate him, the Lord of Heaven, who appeared as a servant for our sake. Indeed, the thought of the humility and meekness of our blessed Saviour in the midst of his dread sufferings was his one comfort in his new surroundings. He was only sixteen years of age, and the poor boy was the part for all the concentrated spleen of his ill-humoured master. Multiplied orders reproaches heaped upon him without cause interminable scoldings threats that he would be turned out of the house such were the lot of gerard from the very commencement people wondered how he could bear it all but he used to say gently that his master was his best friend and that for his own part he had no other thought than that of remaining faithfully in his service he lived a life of the greatest personal austerity his ordinary food was dry bread a few vegetables he looked upon as a luxurious banquet everything that he could save from the food provided for his own meals he used to give to the poor all his spare time he was accustomed to pass in the presence of our lord in the blessed sacrament it was at this period that it pleased god to reward the fidelity of his servant by another great miracle one day his master having gone out for a walk gerard locked the door of his apartment carried off the key and proceeded to fetch some water from the well in the public square while leaning over the curb by some mishap the precious key slipped from his grasp and fell into the well below what will my master say cried he in uttermost consternation what a state he will be in one first moment of dismay then from the very bottom of his heart he asked the help of god 
Suddenly, there came an inspiration. Running quickly to the cathedral sacristy, he flew back with a little statue of the infant Jesus in his hands. The bystanders, who were witnesses of the scene, waited all expectation to see what might come next. Amid a general silence, Gerard addressed our Lord with much simplicity, begging him to restore the lost key. Soon he was seen to tie the statue to a string. Down it went lower and lower into the well. For an instant, all was spence. Then, behold, once more the statue reappeared, bearing the key in triumph to its happy owner. No wonder that such a miracle as this was talked of for many a mile all the country round. Even to this day, they will point out to you the well, which in memory of the mother was henceforth to be known to all as Pozzo Gerardiello, or Gerard's Well. Our saint had been now three years in the service of this hard taskmaster, when suddenly the tyrant died. Far from experiencing any feeling of relief, he mourned his loss as that of the best of friends and benefactors. So eager was he always to suffer for the love of Christ. Saint Gerard now determined to return home and practice his trade of tailor. He was kept busily occupied during the day. A great part of the night he spent in the cathedral in presence of the blessed sacrament. Indeed, his was already a life of the most heroic sanctity. Knowing well that alms deeds and fasting are the wings that waft our prayers to heaven and make them acceptable in the sight of God, he divided all the money he received into three equal portions. One part he gave to his mother for the support of the house, another he devoted to the poor, and the remaining third was a loving alms for masses, wherewith to comfort the holy souls in purgatory. He also redoubled his corporal penance, taking the discipline with great severity, and in general, treating his body with utmost rigor. At this time, thinking constantly of Jesus, who allowed himself to be as a fool in the court of Herod, Saint Gerard faint madness in the streets and rejoiced when he was treated with contumely as a simpleton by the boys of his native town. Truly love, the love of the saints of God, 
is strong as death and stronger than life itself. Gerard, would had it been possible, have set the whole world ablaze with the fire of charity that God had enkindled in his own affectionate heart. Oftentimes he would, as though constrained by some uncontrollable impulse, call out to his mother, his sister, or his friends, Come, let us go together and visit Jesus in the blessed sacrament. Is he not there, our prisoner of love? The sacred heart of Jesus drew Gerard's heart very close to himself. To this burning love for our blessed Lord, he joined the tenderest devotion to Mary, the gentle mother of God. When he found himself before one of the images of Our Lady, he could hardly tear himself from the spot. He loved to say again and again, The Madonna has stolen away my heart, and for my part I have made her a present of it. Once, when they were celebrating at Muro a novena in hour of the Immaculate Conception, Gerard remained for a long time on his knees in fervent prayer before an image of the sinless Queen of Heaven. Then, suddenly in sight of all the people, he rose, and like St. Edmund of Canterbury, long centuries before, placing a ring on the finger of the statue, cried aloud, See, I am espoused to the Madonna. Thus would he publicly proclaim that he had consecrated the pearl of his virginity to the glorious Virgin Mother. Girard was now twenty-two years of age, when at length he pleased divine providence to open for him the door to the religious state. In 1749, the Redemptorist Father gave a mission at Muro. Gerard had already, in the previous year, expressed his longing to enter the congregation of the Most Holy Redeemer as a lay brother, and now he renewed his entreaties with even greater earnestness than before. However, at first the same fate that befell him with the Capuchins came to test his confidence in God. Father Caffaro, rector of the house at Iliceto, was among the missioners at Muro. He noticed the delicacy of Gerard's appearance and thought him to be but ill-suited for the hot life of a lay brother. On this ground, he felt himself bound to meet our saint's petition with a positive refusal. Meanwhile, Gerard's mother and sister on their side were by no means idle. They shrank from the very idea of losing him, and as they knew that, notwithstanding the obstacles he had encountered, 
He was far from giving up his project in despair. They locked him up, as they thought safely, in his room. But the prisoner cut off his bedclothes and, with their help, let himself down from the window, leaving behind a note to say that he had gone away to make himself a saint. He now pursued the Redemptorist Fathers to a place called Rio Nero, where they had gone to give a mission, and renewed his request in the most humble and touching manner possible. Once more refused, he exclaimed, Do but try me. This is all that I ask. You can send me away afterwards, if you please. Seeing that they were still determined not to accept him, he threw himself on his knees and, crying bitterly, declared that if he were refused admittance into the convent, he would be found every morning outside its doors begging alms with the poor. This firmness and purpose touched Father Caffaro to the heart. He made up his mind to give Gerard the trial he craved so earnestly. Accordingly, he sent him to Iliceto with a note to the acting superior of the house, in which he said simply, I send you a useless brother. Saint Alphonsus has written the life of Father Caffaro and left us his testimony to the exceptional sanctity of the great servant of God whom he knew so well. But even Father Caffaro could not foresee how warmly God would espouse the cause of the new postulant. That frail frame was to be so strengthened that in the discharge of the daily duties of his laborious state, he should always prove one of the most useful members of any community to which he might be attached. But this in the future, for the moment he was only a useless brother. End of chapter 3 of Life of St. Gerard Mayella Recording by Valeria.